to this special edition of the Anne Arundel Biz Podcast. I'm Grayson Orfe. And I'm Allison Akers. We are your hosts from Anne Arundel Economic Development. As you can see, we're not in Anne Arundel today. Where are we? We are actually in Ocean City at the Maryland Association of Counties Summer Conference. And in our special edition today, we are sitting down with our very own fearless leader, Jerry Walker, Anne Arundel Economic Development CEO, as well as Kevin Kinley. Uh, Maryland Association of Counties Associate Director. So, Jerry and Kevin, introduce yourselves and give, give us some background. Thanks, Allison. Uh, my name is Jerry Walker, as you mentioned, and I'm uh, really excited to be here on the podcast today. Uh, looking forward to uh, my first experience on the podcast. I've been watching it for a while, and so you guys are doing a great job, and uh, I'm real proud of the efforts you're, you're making. Uh, I've been on the county council for the past eight years, and it was uh, recently appointed to this job by the new county executive, Stuart Pittman. And started here in February, and have been having a tremendous uh, time. We've got such a great team of folks here at uh, EDC, looking out for our businesses in our county and helping them as they grow and expand. And so, just uh, looking forward to uh, continuing to do all the things that we've all been working on, and sort of try to bring my own sort of uh, spin on it or taste uh, to to the uh, to the corporation. So, thanks. Yeah, so I'm Kevin Canale. I'm the associate director at Mako. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we are very excited to be here in Ocean City and we're very happy to have you all here as well. You play such a crucial role in economic development and all counties need that, especially you know, at this moment with our economy and things of that nature. So we're really happy that you're here. I'm happy to be on this podcast. I watch you guys all the time. So um, I'm honored. Yours as well. Good. I'm yeah, happy. You're, happy. you're a podcast expert. We're, yeah. we're just we're rookies yeah. as you know, compared yeah. to you. The video, you know, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> intense. It's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, he is also so the podcast, um, Conduit Street Conduit Street Podcast, yeah. And Jerry has been on there. Um, we've been happy to work with Jerry. Jerry was the president of Mako, so we traveled around the state. So have a great relationship here. And again, thank you for having us. So first things first, Jerry, what? Well, let's get, first of all, let's get to know you because for the people out there, we want to really get to get into sort of the makeup of who Jerry Walker is. Uh-oh. Alright, <laughs> so we're going to get deep down. Sounds good. Find out. So, uh, what, what past experiences in your career have uh, shaped your role as uh, CEO of the brand? Thanks. Uh, you know, uh, I mentioned the county council. That's obviously, uh, you know, something that was very important in my life and something that I really had a passion for doing and, and enjoyed serving in that role and that capacity. And, you know, for me, I think sort of all of the different uh, things that I've done in my career have sort of prepared me for this role, which is really awesome and is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Uh, I worked in the private sector for 22 years for a small business. When we started there, we had four employees. When I left in January to start this job, we had over 60 employees, and I was able to sort of see that growth from a small little company at a little strip shopping center all the way up into an office park with a full-on corporation. And we grew from about $400,000 a year in revenue to about $10 million. 
So it's neat to be a part of that operation and to watch that grow and to sort of be a part of the management team to help that company succeed. And then I also at the same time was in the government sector, uh, understanding how the county operates, how planning and zoning works and the zoning laws and how that affects businesses in the private sector. Also have relationships with the state through Mako's uh, influence, you know, um, going out and talking to state legislators and advocating on issues that are important to county governments. So I sort of get the government and the policy side of things. And then I also had private sector experience, which is, I think, important from my perspective when you're dealing with businesses that are coming in to ask for our help. They're saying, hey, we need help. And we, you know, it's nice to have somebody that they feel like understands what they're doing and then also understands the government side of things Yeah, you as well. can really relate to the yeah. businesses that make up Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. Now, you've been here going on a year. What's the, the best part of your job? What was your connection most of the best part of my job is, is consistent actually with when I was on the county council and that was I just enjoy helping connect people and especially in this job connecting people with resources and you know as you all recall um, and, and Kevin you didn't hear this but the other day it was kind of neat we actually had um, uh, we have a loan program that we administer for the state through our video lottery terminal proceeds. And we're one of eight fund managers in the state. And we had, uh, I had the opportunity to sit across the table from a young woman who came into our office about a year and a half ago. She wanted to open up her own beauty salon. And it's been her lifelong dream. She's a, a business graduate from Oregon State. And she wanted to do hair. And that's what she's loved to do all of her life. And she didn't have the resources to open her own business. So she came to us with her business plan. We put her with one of our small business counselors. They helped her develop that plan a little more fully. Then we took her over to the finance side and got her talking to our loan folks. And they helped her with her credit score and with filling out all the paperwork and going through the application process. And I was able to sit there and, and sign off on a loan for her so that she could see her dream fulfilled of starting her own hair salon. And I just got choked while I'm saying it. But I was able to sit there and sign the paperwork in front of her, and she broke down crying. I started crying, you know. It was yeah. like, it's a yeah. you know, it's, it, it really is amazing. But you know, I, that is why I do what I do, and it's like what I love about this job. And that sort of moment in time, sort of for me, captures everything I think that we're trying to do in economic development, and um, just puts a real great, awesome exclamation point. Sounds like that's what it's all about, and really it sounds like what you've developed is a one-stop shop, right? From start to finish, helping people achieve their dreams, as you said. That's got to be incredibly important. It is. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years, I, you know, I don't know. I, I for sure would love to stay in this role. I mean, I'm having a blast here. Yeah. I'm really enjoying myself. I think we've got a great team of people at the organization and a really, you know, I see great things in our future. Uh, I think there's some things that I'd like to see the organization get involved in that I'm already sort of pushing towards with regards to development and redevelopment in the county. And uh, I'd like to see some of those things uh, you know, take place. Um, you know, at the end of the county executive's term, if I could serve, continue to serve, you know, I'd be happy to do that as well. But you know, all those things are, you know, part of being in a political appointed job, yeah. right? But uh, but for me, for right now, I'm focused on helping us to continue to do what we've been doing and uh, try to sort of expand our horizons a little bit and, and get us involved in some other things that I think are important for the growth of the county. So we are here exhibiting on behalf of Anne Arundel County, and Anne Arundel Economic Development is exhibiting um, on behalf of the county as a whole for the Mako Summer Conference. Can you, Kevin, can you talk a little bit about what is Mako, why are we here, why are we here exhibiting our 
Sure. So MAKO is the Maryland Association of Counties. And we are a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization representing Maryland's 23 counties in Baltimore City and their frontline services. So we advocate for them to the Maryland General Assembly, um, and we represent them on a range of issues from public safety to planning and development, right? Um, we're very happy. This is, so this is one of two conferences that we have each and every year. I think a lot of people think of MAKO as this, the summer conference, um, which is good. I mean, it's growing, and, and this is a record year for our conference, which is really, yeah, it's really a testament to uh, Virginia White in our office, and, and we have a great staff that puts this together. It's a huge event. But, so, so we advocate on behalf of the counties, um, and what we really try and do is make sure that the General Assembly in Annapolis understands each and every county and how they're unique and how different policy affects them. So I think we do a great job of advocating uh, for the counties. We work with our elected officials as well to make sure that they're involved and that they have a role with the General Assembly. So again, we're really happy that you're here on behalf of the county and uh, happy to be on this podcast. But Mako, uh, we're not just a summer conference. We do a lot of, a lot of work, as I think Jerry can attest to. But, um, that, that's make one natural. So you get a sneak peek of our booth here with our background. Um, Jerry, you understand you used to be past president of MAKO, um, and in your current role as economic development CEO, how do you see the two working together? What is the importance of economic development and MAKO I think it's really important actually going forward especially um, look at uh, so many different issues across the state and as Kevin was mentioning, you know, we have a really wide range of jurisdictions. We have very small rural jurisdictions that have very low population. We have very uh, dense, uh, densely populated cities like Baltimore that are part of our organization as well. And so uh, the, the issues vary depending on what jurisdiction you're in. But I think the cool thing about at least my job so far has been I've been meeting some of the other folks that work in economic development. And I've done that through my relationships at Bacon. So I have relationships with commissioners and councils across the state, and I've used those to, to reach out to their economic development offices. So it's been fun for me to sort of um, make those connections because I think, you know, I, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, I'm new to economic development, but there are obviously a lot of other jurisdictions that have sort of different concepts or ideas or different mechanisms that they're using to attract business to their county or to retain businesses. So, you know, I, I, for me, I'm, I'm excited about being here because in this role, in my new role, because I think I'll be able to utilize those relationships that I built when I was here uh, as President Mako uh, now to uh, help our county in, in regards to economic development. So I, I also would like to see, frankly, uh, some more um, engagement from the economic development folks at Mako going forward. I think it's important for us to work together. I know a number, uh, some of us are nonprofit organizations like ours is, and so are, we are limited as to what types of advocacy we can do on behalf of our organizations. And so I think MAKO, as a function of an, an, an organization that's established by county government, is in a perfect position to, as we create uh, policies or strategies that we think are effective at the county level, for MAKO to take those and champion those at the legislature uh, on our behalf, because sometimes we are not able to do those things. So I think there's a great there's a great um, uh, synergy that can be realized going forward that is uh, that, that's uh, not maybe realized today. And that's definitely on our radar too. Um, working with the economic development folks, as you said, it's so important. And kind of getting everyone in the same room. Mako is very good at that. We have a, a number of professional affiliates where um, folks from across the state can come together and they can talk about best practices and some of the challenges and successes that they're seeing at the local level. So I think. 
to provide that opportunity for economic development is crucial moving forward. I also think too, it's interesting, you know, one of the things when I first came to Mingo, one of the biggest, most impactful things for me was really, uh, I was a new elected official, so there's no like training class to be an elected official, right? <laughs> right. You, you fill out a form, you put your name on the ballot, you stand on the corner and sign wave and door knock and pass out literature. You knocked a lot of doors. I knocked a lot of doors. Thousands of doors. You didn't knock on mine, but I did hear about that. I knocked on a bunch, but you know, um, you, get there and so it's like okay now now I actually have to like do the job right and so I need to learn how to do that job best and so one of the things that I think was helpful for me was Mako has a whole partnership with the University of Maryland and they take you through a course uh, through their school of public policy uh, that actually uh, gives you a series of classes that helps educate you about being a local elected official things that are important both legally uh, and, and things you'll be handling, dealing with. And I think going forward, it would be helpful too, you know, to have economic development be a piece of that uh, instruction yeah, that for newly elected officials. You know, it was one thing that, as I mentioned, when I came to, to um, the office, I didn't have a lot of connection with economic development in my role as a council member. And I think it's really important that we advocate to our elected officials and help them to understand the role that we play and how important that sure. is in each of the jurisdictions. So, um, yeah, the Academy for Excellence in Local Government. That is a great forum, and I think you know adding an economic development piece is certainly something that we can talk about. Because as you said, I think oftentimes economic development sort of takes a backseat role, and I'm not sure why that is. But as we move forward, I think it's, it's again it's, it's really important for all counties, and all counties are definitely looking at economic development. And I think you're going to see it put more on a pedestal than it is. Segues right right into the next uh, topic about so the conference theme is winds of change um, and about the change that all the governments are going through and how you harness that for good. Can you talk about maybe a little bit of a preview of the session? Yeah, so the winds of change really it's, it's about a lot of new technology that's coming into government and we want to make sure that all of our folks are prepared and everything from next gen 911 to 5G to drones. Um, Again, planning and zoning, we have all sorts of sessions. Today we actually have a tech expo, which is right around the corner and it's massive and it's great. You have a lot of exhibitors, a lot of new technologies, um, but we do see a lot, of, a lot of new and innovative ideas coming into government and that's what this is all about. And bringing people again to the table, making sure everybody's on the same page and how to use that for good. Also, there's a big emphasis on cybersecurity, obviously we've seen um, you know, a terrible uh, ransomware attack in Baltimore City and in cities across the country where you know, these folks are able to, to access networks and then hold all that information hostage. And so we're bringing in cybersecurity experts, we're bringing in folks from the governor's office, and again, it, it's a session to let them all sit together and work some of this stuff out, exchange best practices and make sure that they're prepared because these threats, unfortunately, they're not going away. Yeah. yeah you, you've done a lot of work on the next-gen 911 yes, as well. I, I think have. it's important across the, all the jurisdictions. Absolutely. People really understand what you know, what that is, so. so. Yeah, next-gen 911, I mean, so right now you have your traditional 911, you dial 911. Uh, with next-gen 911, you'll be able to send photos and videos so that first responders know what they're walking into. Also, you know, you'll be able to have much better location accuracy with cell phones. Right now, you have the traditional, you know, triangulation where they kind of know where you are, but if you're in a tough spot, they might not know exactly where you are. And then the ability for 911 centers to work together and exchange calls back and forth in the event of, uh, you know, a high traffic event. So it's really revolutionary, and I think the bill that, that was passed 
this past session is leading the country in terms of our structure and how we're going to get to mission number one, but it's absolutely crucial for public safety. So, Jerry, in keeping along these lines of change, winds of change, um, how do you see, if you do, economic development changing in the next couple of years? How can we harness things like new technologies or, I don't know, just any trends that you might see? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, and Kevin just mentioned small cells in particular, something that uh, I think, you know, I, we were at uh, one of the, I think it was the BWI partnership, it might be Fort Meade Alliance, uh, breakfast recently. And one of the four-star generals from the Army was there speaking, and he actually mentioned small cells. It was one of the top five things on his list, saying 5G was one of the things that was coming, and it was extremely important to Fort Meade, which, you know, as we all know, is a huge driver in our local economy. And uh, so, you know, we've been focused on that. It's actually an issue that I followed very closely uh, when I worked with Mako and at the General Assembly. And so we have sort of taken that, I've sort of taken that on at the county level, and while you know typically economic development doesn't get involved in legislative policy uh, locally, uh, I've been very engaged on this issue because uh, I know a lot about it and have worked on the issue quite a bit. So we're actually you know drafting legislation now that I've been working on with the county executive's office to to advance this concept of small cells because it is uh, an important component of our economy going forward. When you look at autonomous vehicles and. And uh, the, the fact that you know all of us have phones in our pockets, we're all looking at Facebook, Instagram, we're looking at LinkedIn, we're viewing video. Video takes up just huge amounts of bandwidth. And when you look at the impact that that's going to have on businesses, on the Department huge. of Defense, on our cyber security, like all of those things, that one little piece of technology that we're talking about, putting where should we put a box on a pole in the county? Should they be allowed on private property? You know, all those little sort of nuances of this rollout of this sort of infrastructure, which is really important, really will drive the economy. So I think that's one thing that, you know, we are sort of ahead of the curve on, if you will, that we are, we understand and recognize it's an important piece of our economy locally, and so it's something that I'm working on and continue to, continue to focus on. So I think on small cells, uh, MAKO, you know, we, it's, a, it's a big issue for us, and I think you're going to see, and we are seeing counties rolling out that legislation that you talked about at the local level, municipalities at the local level. I think from a county perspective, of course, we all want 5G, and it's crucial, as you all said, for development, for education, across the board, but I think we want to make sure that our residents at the local level have some input, too. Um, and, and again, I think we are making a lot of progress across the state with the locals rolling out their own legislation to, to advance this issue. I think, too, what we want to make sure, we have a lot of parts of Maryland, rural areas, that don't have high-speed internet. We want to make sure that they are not left behind and they don't get further behind as we advance 5G. So a lot of a lot of moving parts with this, but I agree it's, it's crucial and it's something that the counties all want. And, and I think we're going to get there for sure. And, and just, just so you all know that are listening and, and Allison and Grayson, you know, the cool thing about MAKO and you really shows the power that we have as an organization when we're all working together. Yes. Because when you look at this legislation that the cell companies wanted to roll out at the state level, they've rolled their legislation out statewide in like 19 or 20 other states, I believe Kevin has already passed, they hit Maryland and it stopped, the ground to a halt because Mako had a unified voice and said, look, we want, we want local control. We want the local jurisdictions to be able to say, 
what happens in their home counties, where these things should be located. We don't want you know someone at the state level just giving a blanket authority to come in and basically subvert our planning and zoning departments and inspections and permits. It's something that our citizens want is transparency with regards to this topic. And so yeah, the, the best way to get that is to allow the local elected officials, like our council members and our county executive, to make those decisions. So we actually, MAKO uh, was, has been the force behind blocking that large uh, sort of push at the state level to mandate things down to the counties instead. Now the result is we're able to sort of craft a legislation. And, um, you know, uh, Kevin had a great, pretty awesome uh, piece in the fight on that. I don't know if you watched it or not, but, but they, one of the things they wanted was a, the ability to put up to a 28 square foot, I think 20 square foot box on a pole. So you could have, have a refrigerator outside of your, ki your kitchen window or your bedroom window full of electronic equipment the next day without any sort of hearing anything. So Kevin created, built a 28 square foot box and rolled it into the legislature. And we wanted them to see what this was, right? It was yeah. awesome. When you read that bill, you're right. You know, we talk about small cells, but that equipment box, I think obviously when you have something like that pop up outside of your window, they're not going to call people at the state level. They're going to call their local government, that's right. right? That's right. And a lot of people were concerned, and, and we really wanted to show them what this what this meant because I think the industry a lot of times they'll show like a pizza box and this is what yeah. it is. But what was in the bill was that giant refrigerator sized box. So I think that was pretty effective. It was it was an interesting tool. It was interesting, it was interesting getting it in there. <laughs> I would say so. Uh, and, you know, through security and everything. But it, it really it was helps fun. people visualize yeah. what's yes. going in yes. and yes. what residents. Well, here's the two shows. Again, it's something that we want. We're going to get there, but we don't think we need a statewide uh, blanket law that that tells us what we need to do and where the stuff needs to go. We're doing it at the local level. And I understand, look, from the industry perspective, you know, on the business side, sure. like you, you know, you want a predictable process. You want a standard set of rules, and, and we want that too. You know, we just want our local elected officials to have a say in where those things are located, so that our citizens, um, you know, have a say and involved in the process. It is, it is. Absolutely. So, Jerry, now, where do you see, or what mark would you want to have for economic development? What mark? Yeah. Mark's what mark uh, would you, I, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing, I sort of sort of touched on it briefly when I was talking earlier, and that is, I think, the development, redevelopment piece. You know, it's, if you look at some of the larger jurisdictions, like Baltimore City, Prince George's County, and even some of the small ones, Carroll County actually has a redevelopment or an industrial development authority, right? And so it's one of the things that we don't have in Anne County. We've not been involved in directly in land development issues. The county is a big landowner. We do own a lot of property in the county. And I think, from my perspective, uh, we have not been involved in that. And I think we can, and we have tried. We sort of dipped our toe in the water in Odenton, in the Odenton Town Center. We, sort of explored this whole transit-oriented development process. We got down the road quite a bit and then the deal fell apart, but I would really like to see us in a position to carry that football down the field. And I believe that we can not only provide um, great living communities for our residents, places where people want to live and work and play, but we can also provide options for them, transit options where they can get to work up to the city, down in the DC, um, and, uh, and, and take properties that are being underutilized, I think are the best, best way to describe it, underutilized properties, and, and make them and turn them into something that will be, that will create a ripple effect. Um, the perfect example, if you just look up in 
uh, Baltimore City to Inner Harbor, you know, the city and the state uh, and Baltimore Development Corporation were involved in the big Marriott Hotel. And that got built, and once that got built, it created a ripple effect throughout the rest of Harbor East that is now have that has young people down there. It's a vibrant area. People are running along the, the water. There's restaurants to go, you know, eat at and things to go do and see. And so, you know, those are the types of things. I the role that we have in economic development can play in the development or redevelopment of an area in the county. So, if there was one thing that I'd like to see us be involved in by the time I leave this uh, shop would be in that area so that we can you know make some changes in our county that I think will impact our residents long in the future. Well, do you guys have any last concluding thoughts? Yeah, so again, thank you all for being here at this conference. A couple more highlights. We're going to have a big uh, general session on the Commission on Innovation and Excellence in Education, the Kerwin Commission. I think everybody has heard of the Kerwin Commission. Dr. Kerwin himself will be here. We'll have State Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Karen Salmon, Craig Rice, Montgomery County Council Member, who's on the Kerwin Commission, and current makeup president, Barry Glassman, who's on the funding work group. And, you know, obviously education is super important, and it's super important to economic development and so many other things. I think counties are, are, are a little concerned about how these formulas are going to shake out. This is a major investment, so uh, a great opportunity to talk directly to those folks here. We also have a really cool session on Saturday with volunteer and career firefighters. Um, that's an issue that we're seeing in every county, you know, how, how those two mix. and. It's something where we want to make sure everybody's protected and we want to make sure we have the firefighters in place and EMS. But I think you're seeing across the board volunteerism sort of decline and how we're dealing with that. So that'll be really popular. Of course, we'll have the governor here. We'll have uh, U.S. senators and they'll have their own forums. But a lot going on this week. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and talk about it with you all. Absolutely. Absolutely, and we're doing a live recording of our Conduit Street podcast today on the U.S. Census, which is so important. We'll have uh, Secretary of Planning uh, Rob McCord, and then we'll also have U.S. Census reps. So, looking forward to that too. But uh, just a lot going on. For sure. And then tomorrow, I'll give a shout out to our local businesses. Tomorrow is Taste of Maryland, yes. and we will be featuring Crooked Craft Beer. Awesome. Uh, Anne Arundel County's first brewery, as well as some food from the Lighthouse Bistro, awesome. which employs people from the Lighthouse. Uh, they have a rework program that we want to feature for them. We go so there. We're looking forward we to go that. there often on the weekends. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It really is. It really is. And that beer is fantastic. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, if we're, so if you're coming out to Mako and you see us tomorrow at Taste of Maryland, we'll enjoy the food. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much. So you can find this podcast um, on all of our social media channels. So that is Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. It is featured on our YouTube channel, and you can find it at arundelbiz.org. Um, if you are listening today, then you can also find it on all the podcast channels that you like to listen. So that's Spotify, um, Apple iTunes, pretty much everywhere. When you search my Arundel Biz podcast, you'll find it. everywhere. You can't run from us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great podcast. It really is great. You guys do a great job. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the help.